It's an invasion, and it's continuing, and it isn't getting any better, and we're all screwed. Good night, everybody. <laughs> hey, if you control the food, you control the people. We're going to talk about that also, and kill your pets. Kill your pets. You won't believe this one. They're saying it again. All that and more coming up. Welcome to this mess, the Jay Sheldon Show. We made it. It's Friday. I tell you what, I just almost didn't make it. I, don't, I had everything set. I was all set to go. And at the last minute, I don't know why, all of my sound went away. My little studio audience, my microphone, my headset, everything related to sound wouldn't work. Fortunately, I took a best guess and figured it out, and one little fix fixed everything. So we're here. We made it. Hey, I saw this, and it was too late to post it on our show notes, but <clears throat> President Trump posted this on Truth Social. President Xi and I, talking about Trump himself, had a deal whereby China was going to criminalize at the highest level death penalty stuff, the manufacturing of fentanyl, that deal miraculously disappeared with our rigged presidential election of 2020. Too bad. One more thing to add to the stolen list of election disasters. Thank you, President Trump. Hopefully, about a year from now, you'll be back. Don't give up and don't stop fighting. All right, our show brought to you by the wonderful folks at Black Out Coffee. Where are you, Black Out Coffee? There you are. Be awake, not woke. Yeah, that's what it's all about. This company cares about two things, and they put 100% of their effort into those two things, and that is our American values, family, honesty, integrity, hard work, and also making an amazing, incredible, great-tasting cup of coffee. If you are tired of the same old liberal-flavored coffee beans, give them up. Throw them out. Get yourself a bag of blackout coffee. It's amazing. I personally recommend it. I drink a ton of coffee every day, including during the show. That actually is, I don't know if you can see in the cup, but there's blackout coffee in there. <clears throat> From sourcing the beans with local co-ops and American farmers, that's why I say you support this company. You're not only supporting our show, of course, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for that, but you are supporting a company that is in America, cares about America, and uses all American farmers, co-ops, makes an American brand, and they're very proud to do it. Uh, they are dedicated to you and to the country. Zero compromise on taste or quality. Small roasting batch. That means when you order your beans, they're not roasted in some giant, you know, huge vat. They, I mean, they're not your personally, only your beans are roasted. But once they have the orders that come in, within 24 to 48 hours, your beans are roasted. Another, say, three days to get to you shipping. That's it. You got absolutely fresh roasted coffee right there at your doorstep from Blackout Coffee. 
There's a whole bunch of different blends over there. If you're into flavored coffee, they've got some holiday editions, of course, pumpkin spice. The one that really caught my eye was uh, Holiday Grog. Yeah, that sounded kind of good. And they've also got a line of teas, hot cocos, as an incredible line, signature blends. You can also pick yourself up a giant five-pound bag if you like flavored coffees. You see the little coffee pods? Yep, they make those too. Blackout Coffee, use the link in our show notes and you will get a 20% discount on your first order. J20, J-A-Y-20 is the promo code. We all love promo codes. Go check it out. Just buy yourself a single bag. It's all you need to do. And uh, trust me, you'll never drink another coffee in your life. Stop giving your money to these companies who don't give a crap about our country. And find Blackout Coffee. Links in our show notes. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being part of the show. We are very, very proud to have you on board. All right. Biden's border invasion. Yesterday... The so-called Secretary of Homeland Security said he's offended by the term invasion. Well, moron, that's what it is. He is purposefully facilitating at our southern border. This is from Marjorie Taylor Greene. I love this lady. She is a kick-ass, take names, Take no gruff from anybody, representative. She had one thing to say in response. Resign or we will impeach you. Mr. Secretary, yes or no, is our country currently being invaded? Congressman, that is a um, a term that I find to be offensive. A term that I find to be offensive. I find to be offensive. I find to be offensive. There you go. A term that I find to be offensive. Term that I find to be offensive. You can honorably resign, or we are going to impeach you, and it's happening very, very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you? This lady kicks ass, takes names, and takes no gruff from absolutely anybody. Do it. Do it. What are you waiting for? The second coming, it's not happening tomorrow. Meantime, this idiot is still doing his job. Well, is still not doing his job. How about that? Apparently days are numbered, southern border invaded, and it is time for him to resign. Here's another post from MTG. Secretary Mayorkas, I want you to look at these innocent Americans. Do you see them? I do, Congressman. They are dead. They're from Dalton, Georgia, in my district. They're dead because a 17-year-old, likely affiliated with the cartels, was smuggling illegal aliens into our country in Texas, breaking our laws. And this happens every single day in our country. Earlier this week, eight Republicans joined the Democrats and protected your job. But I want you to know, you have a short time coming. You can honorably resign 
or we are going to impeach you. And it's happening very, very soon. Boom. And a sad story to boot. That beautiful couple in her district, now dead. Thank you to the illegal aliens who cross the border by the thousands every day. Look, I know that we've talked about this before. We talk about it a lot. But that is because it not only is, has been an enormous problem, but trust me, in my gut, and I always trust my gut, there is more to come from these illegals. There are people who have snuck in here who absolutely mean you and me and this country harm, death, damage, destruction. And in my heart of hearts, I got to tell you, I believe they are just waiting for the moment or a signal or a go ahead from their boss, whoever that might be. And then I hope you have some way to protect yourself. If you don't, you better find one, learn how to use it. An incredibly sad day. This has nothing to do with being shot or mugged or stabbed from illegals. But nevertheless, this guy was doing his job protecting our border and now he is dead. Border Patrol agent dead after an incident in southern Arizona. Cochise County Sheriff's Office said 44-year-old agent Freddie Ortiz died at a hospital in Douglas, Arizona on Tuesday, just a few days ago. That according to KOLD-TV. He was operating an ATV traveling westbound in the border town while responding to a call reported suspected illegal aliens. The ATV left the roadway, collided with a light pole, and uh, he was later pronounced dead at Copper Queens Hospital. Uh, Chief Patrol Agent for Tucson Sector John Modlin mourned Ortiz in a statement. He said, uh, Border Patrol, U.S. Border Patrol Agent Freddie Ortiz's on-duty death is a tragedy and a stark reminder of the danger, dangerous nature of our mission. You know, we all see the pictures. We see shootouts, stabbings, muggings, chasing them. But understand... From the moment that they put on that uniform and that badge, get geared up, they're on duty. And whatever horrors befall them is, yes, part of the job. I know there are people who will say, yeah, you know, he knew what he was getting into, but the chief patrol agent continues, I'm grateful for all the border patrol agents, first responders, medical staff, who attempted to save his life. My thoughts and prayers with his family and loved ones and friends. The sheriff's uh, sheriff in that uh, Cochise County, Mark Daniels, also expressed his condolences. An incredibly sad day for our brothers and sisters in Border Patrol. We have only the highest level of respect for the job these brave souls do every day. 13-year veteran of the uh, Border Patrol, also served in the U.S. Navy, survived by his mom and his stepdad. Again, if we didn't have a border problem, if Biden and his cronies, Mayorkas and all those idiots running things right now, 
would shut the damn border, had shut the damn border months, years ago, we would not have this problem. Officers, Border Patrol officers, they will continue to lose their lives. It's Yes, it's a part of the dangers of the job, sadly. But it's only getting worse, and like I said, there's a day coming that I don't think any of us are going to want to see. But I truly, truly believe it's coming. There's another day coming that I know nobody wants to see. <clears throat> that is the day where you go to buy a carton of milk, thing of eggs, whatever, and you scan your card and it goes, bloop, eh, sorry, you've maxed out. Or sorry, we didn't like the post you put on X or Facebook. <clears throat> you can't buy that. The WHO, the unelected idiots who think they run our lives and we need to give them an education on how they abso-freaking-lutely do not, they said now they will roll out, listen, what did I warn you? The Global Health Certificate. The G20 committed to, oh yeah, they committed to it. It will list the vaccinations that the WHO decide are needed in order for you to travel. Like I said, here we go. All of that will be attached to your digital ID and eventually your carbon allocation. We did not vote for this. While the emergency phase of the COVID-19 pandemic is now over, investments in digital infrastructure remain an important resource for health systems and for economies and societies at large. Like many countries, the European Union made significant investments in COVID-19 certificates to help people move around as safely as possible during the pandemic. The European Union certification system was used by all 27 EU member states and more than 50 other countries. Building on the success of the EU system, WHO is proud today to launch the Global Digital Health Certification Network. So thank you so much. You're not welcome. There you go proud to launch the Global Health Certificate. It's happening. No, that does not at the moment affect you here. But please, how long will it be? Not very long at all. I told you we start small. They start small, then they move it up a notch. They move it up a notch. Now, here's this quote. If you control the food, you control the people. Truer words. That is ultimately the end goal. All around the world, these unelected globalists like the WHO, the WEF, the UN, waging war against Farmers, it's an attempt to gain control 
of the global food supply. Under the banner of UN Agenda 2030, there is a must-watch new documentary out. Seek it out. Find it. There is a link in the link in our show notes that'll get you to the full documentary. It's an absolutely must-see if you care about you, your family, your life, this country. Please watch this. The doc is called No Farmers, No Food. Will You Eat the Bugs? It is absolutely brilliant and uh, scary for sure. Be prepared, but watch the documentary. When you start to see people like Bill Gates gobble up farmland and you read what his foundation says about farming, when they say that we're gonna have a particular type of agriculture, they want large blocks run by the government or by private consortia where they say, we're not gonna have animal-based proteins, we're not gonna have stockyards, we're not gonna have turkey farms, we're not gonna have chicken. The academic mind always has the answers, but never in the real world. <laughs> and they do a lot of damage. Yeah, that clip is also in our link in our show notes. I encourage you please to watch it and do everything you can. You know what? Have yourself a steak. Grab yourself a hamburger made with real burger. That's one of the ways you can fight back against these idiots. Don't listen to them. Don't buy into their bullshit, which is all it is. Make a difference in the other direction. Hey, Biden gave another $10 billion to the terrorists. No, I'm not kidding. This headline, Iran uses Hamas-Israel war to launch execution spree, killing 107 anti-regime activists, and Biden gifts them another $10 billion, with a B, dollars. Biden seems intent on keeping the mullahs of Iran very well funded, proving the means to continue their assaults on the world and, sadly enough, their assaults on their very own people. This from the Gateway Pundit. Tuesday, Biden admin extended sanctions waiver, allowing Iran to collect another $10 billion in funds. They have now gifted, the Biden administration has now gifted the Iranian regime $80 billion since they went into the White House. While not, when not focusing their uh, time and their increasingly flush coffers on fermenting violence across the globe, which they do on a regular basis, this brutal regime has now stepped up executions of anti-regime activists while the world is all distracted by the Hamas-Israel war. On Wednesday, as in two days ago, the UN General Assembly, considering a resolution condemning the systematic and widespread violation of human rights in Iran, the henchmen of the Iranian regime executed six prisoners, including a Balak woman named 
Zakartun Mazazehi, hanged along with two other prisoners, one of whom was also uh, Bulak in the Kerman prison. Another one hanged with two other prisoners in the Kazel prison by the judiciary's executioners. And the list, you see it right here. It's in their show notes. You want to read the link, the story from Gateway Pundit. The list goes on and on and on. 114 people for disagreeing with the Iranian regime. And that idiot and his team in the White House sent them, just sent them, another 10 billion, meaning the total so far from these guys, $80 billion. They're, they're funding it. They are actually, literally, and I hate that word, but literally they are funding it. He's got to go. He, not only he's got to go, his entire team has to go. Because you know it ain't him. He's too freaking stupid to actually think of any of this stuff. He barely remembers his own name. He barely remembers where he is, who he's talking to, where he's supposed to go. Well, they're getting it ready. They're getting it ready. I very much agree with Bongino. Dan, as the show comes up after ours at 11 o'clock here on Rumble, be sure and check it out. Great, great show. I'm, a, I'm an absolute P1 listener. Dedicated. But uh, the talk is Gavin Newsom. I, I don't, he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell, but still, that's the talk. Now, Biden has not said he's not going to run again, but it's just a matter of time. There's no way this rotting bag of fleas in the White House has any hope. Look at the polls, the polls alone. Well, he's opening up the door. Listen carefully to what he says. Two years ago, when the United States offered to host this summit, we knew we needed a location dynamic and diverse and as APAC itself. And APAC uh, in San Francisco, here we are. I want to talk about Governor Newsom. I want to thank him. He's been one hell of a governor, man. <laughs> Matter of fact, he could do anything you want. He could have the job I'm looking for. You hear it? Did you hear it? He could be anything he wants. He could have the job I'm looking for. There you go. That's it. That's it. That's about two clicks away from basically an endorsement. Practically, right? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. <sighs> you get what you vote for, right, Chicago? Ha ha. The Democrat mayor has been humiliated aw, by historically low approval ratings. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Just want to bring you these little good news stories when they happen. Brandon Johnson now suffering from some of the most abysmal polling results in Illinois' history. 
signaling a loss of support from 72% of Chicago residents. Folks, that's huge. According to the Illinois, I'm laughing because it's funny. That's why I'm laughing. The Illinois Policy Institute, you voted for him. You live with it, idiots. Johnson's joined at the bottom of the proverbial polling barrel by former mayor Lori Lightfoot. You know, little Beetlejuice lady? I think she's a lady. And Rahm Emanuel, both polled as low as 27%. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? This poll probably would have been different if winter wasn't setting into uh, <laughs> setting into Chicago just about now, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, we got to go from the funny to the serious. Uh, we did a uh, a short video from a, a black guy uh, who was talking about the death of Jonathan Lewis. I found another one. And it's not just talking about that. It's talking about this entire white racism thing. I don't mean white people who are racist. I mean the racism that's apparently okay if it's against white people, Caucasian people. But it's not if it's against any other race. Basically, it just isn't right no matter what color or what content the melanin is in your skin. Sharika Soul at Sharika Soul 84 on X. Wow. First of all, she's beautiful. Second of all, give a listen. Really, really evil happening all over the world. And the people who should be calling it out, like our government, seem to be completely silent and complacent with what's happening. White people are under siege. And it's gotten so bad that even hate crimes committed against them and their children are pretty much being dismissed as whatever. And I do mean actual hate crimes, America. The Las Vegas police recently arrested eight out of 10 high school students for the beating death of Jonathan Lewis Jr., a 17-year-old white kid who was protecting his smaller friends from 15 rabid thugs. And we all know what would happen if the races were reversed. Yes, we do. We all, and you know what? <laughs> That white guilt crap, because this bullshit's been going on for so long, is so ingrained in me, I have to stop and say, no, wait, it's okay. I have to, it's almost as if I feel, well, I shouldn't be, be talking about the fact that, you know, white people are, are being beaten up, killed by groups of black Youths, thugs, creatures, beasts, pick your uh, descriptor. But seriously, it, 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 we've gotten to that point. Racism in any form against anybody simply because of the color of their skin is wrong. And that includes whether it's white, black, Jewish, Hispanic, whatever. Asian, of course. I mean, it's 2023, folks. Why are we still having this conversation? I, I need a break. HAL 9000 always gives me a good break, kind of. 
Does IDF, Israeli government, have nuclear warheads? Yes, they do. Uh, if so, time to destroy them. Inc. IRBMs, bomber jets, Navy subfleets, all nuclear capable. Um, I'm gonna have to say I'm not really that much of a big fan of the idea of a, uh, a nuclear war. I'm not sure you've really thought that one through to the end. Uh, you should. And who was it? Was it Einstein who said, I don't know what World War III will be fought with, but I can tell you World War IV will be fought with sticks. He's not wrong. Okay, one or two more here, and then we're going to get on to our book. Kill Your Pets. I remember we did a story about this not long ago, but a while ago. And it, it's happened again. The World Economic Forum, who are doing everything they can to take control of your life. Nobody voted for them. They are backed up by some of the top, you know, Black Rocks, Bill Gates, people that are in the world trying to run it themselves, who we also did not elect to represent us. And they are now calling, again, hard to read, for millions of cats and dogs worldwide to be killed. Why? In a ridiculous attempt to reduce your carbon footprint because they eat meat. You want to talk about a line? Ho oh, ho, brother, that's my line. Absolutely, that's my line. Take a listen. Beating meat. The WEF, which has ordered mainstream media outlets to begin pushing the narrative, wants to introduce an international policy that would require the majority of pet owners to euthanize their animals. CNN, always at the forefront in pushing the globalist agenda, has begun urging its viewers to starve their pets to death in an effort to combat climate change. CNN published an article on their website recently entitled, our pets are part of the climate problem. These tips can help you minimize their carbon paw prints. In the article, the liberal sadists at CNN argue that the meat-heavy diet of many household pets is causing planet-warming gases to be released into the atmosphere. Responsible pet owners should trade in their best friend for a turtle for the planet. Snakes, turtles and reptiles can have a really low impact, CNN suggests. Your kitty cat and pooch, CNN explains, are going to have to eat bugs just like you, assuming Klaus Schwab allows you to keep them at all in the future. Bloom Remember a couple shows ago I did a rant about standing up against this kind of crap? You want to talk about a line? Now I got a lot of lines on a lot of topics. But this line is as wide as it gets. If you ever come between me and my baby Miko, we are going to have a serious problem. I will defend her with my life. I will. And you know what? You, you want to say, that's ah, just a dog. No, uh -uh. I will defend her with my life if I have to. Give up your pets. 
Again, nobody elected these people. Nobody wants these people. Nobody wants to put up with their bullshit. And they keep poking and poking and trying to get control. And why are we letting them? They are backed by some hugely powerful people with tons of money that we also did not elect. All right, one more. One more, and this is our usual ending good story, but this ending good story is a little bit different than what we usually do. <clears throat> Excuse me, this one's actually quite helpful. It is the beginning of the winter in most of the U.S., in fact, in all of the U.S. There's already some snow in places, some ice on the ground, a few ponds and lakes frozen over. And I found this post. It's, it's a survival tip. Who posted this? It's uh, from a group called Learn Something at Cool Tech Tips. Tips is spelled with a Z at the end, if you want to check them out over on X. But this is... This is brilliant. This is such a cool thing. I wanted to share it with you. It could save your life. This guy is demonstrating what happens. I grew up in a very, very rural community in Cornwall, Connecticut, up in the northwest corner. And we had a lot of ponds there. And when they would first freeze over, there'd be sections of them that were solid as a rock. You could skate on it and everything. And then some places where the water hadn't quite frozen, very easy to fall through and most people who wind up getting into trouble that fall through the ice it's because they struggle it's because of that initial shock this guy does tips actually demonstrating falls in the ice himself on how to save yourself if god forbid something like that happens give a listen Okay, so this is the cold shock response, which really can be mitigated if you just relax and realize that it's going to pass and that after it passes, you'll be able to do the second part of your self-rescue. So I spread my arms out so that I didn't get fully immersed in that gasp response didn't make me inhale water, so I've survived my cold shock response. Jeez. Now to get out, instead of trying to pull myself straight up, I'm going to start to kick my feet and raise them up behind me. And then kick. Time on. Flat ice. Now I don't want to stand up now. I'm going to ease myself forward until I feel like I'm on stronger ice. Test it and start to move towards shore. Wow. Wow. He actually did that. He put himself through that in order to educate us about what to do. And it does happen, It you know, teach your kids this, learn it yourself, it very, very well could save your life. Brilliant piece of advice. Best advice, don't go out on the ice, unless it's been tested by somebody who knows what they're doing, or it's the absolute dead January, February of winter, and it's been a cold one. 
Even then, don't trust it. But if, God forbid, something happens, I thought I would show that to you. Hey, by the way, Hal, thank you. Yes, absolutely. He's got five hounds that are just as human as we are. Thank you. God bless you. All right. It's time. I think we're going to get to the end. This last section I've saved up, which is the very last part of the book, it's quite long, but we'll see what happens. We read books on this show, I tell you, I tell you each time we start them. And uh, the last half of our program here uh, is a book, ch children's literature, classic stuff, White Fang, Wizard of Oz, Little Prince, Peter Pan, The Jungle Book, we've done them all. And right now we have been doing uh, Lord of the Flies from William Golding, he published it back in 1954. It's like a long time ago. What, 70 years or so? Anyway, absolutely brilliant book. Loved every bit of it. No, I know I'm ashamed to admit I never read it as a teenager. I know I was supposed to. It was probably even a school assignment, but, you know, eh, me and schoolwork, we didn't get along so well, you know what I mean? By the way, I've defied any high school teacher of mine to find a single bit of homework I ever did. Don't do that, kids. But that was, there was this there was kind of this thing with me and homework. I wasn't so keen on it. All right. Well, I love doing my homework now because we are reading Lord of the Flies, and we'll see how far we may may very well get to the end. It'd be nice to wrap it up on a Friday. Start a fresh book, Treasure Island, coming up on Monday. Here we go. Someone cried out. Jack jerked his cheek off the earth and looked into the dulled light. They must be near now, he thought, and his chest began to thump. Hide, break the line, climb a tree, which is the best after all. The trouble was, you only had one chance. Now the fire was nearer. These volleying shots were great limbs, trunks even bursting. The fools! The fools, the fire must be almost at the fruit trees. What would they eat tomorrow? Ralph stirred restlessly on his narrow bed. One chance, nothing. What could they do, beat him? So what, kill him? A stick sharpened at both ends. The cries suddenly nearer jerked him up. He could see a striped savage moving hastily out of a green tangle and coming towards the mat where he hid a savage who carried a spear. Ralph gripped his fingers into the earth. Be ready now, in case. Ralph fumbled to hold his spear so it was pointed foremost, and now he saw the stick was sharpened at both ends. The savage stopped 15 yards away and uttered his cry. Perhaps he can hear my heart over the noises of the fire. Don't scream, get ready. The savage moved forward so that you could only see him from the waist down. That was the butt of his spear. And now you could see him from the knee down. Don't scream. A herd of pigs came squealing out of the greenery behind the savage and rushed away into the forest. Birds were screaming, mice shrieking. A little hopping thing came under the mat and cowered. Five yards away, the savage stopped standing right by the thicket, and cried out. Ralph drew his feet up, crouched. The stake was in his hands. 
stake sharpened at both ends, the stake that vibrated so wildly that grew long, short, light, heavy, light again. The ululation spread from shore to shore. The savage knelt down by the edge of the thicket, and there were lights flickering in the forest behind him. You could see a knee disturbed the mold, now the other, two hands, a spear, a face. The savage peered into the obscurity beneath the thicket. You could tell he saw light on this side and on that, but not in the middle. In the middle, there was a blob of dark, and a, the savage wrinkled up his face, trying to decipher the darkness. The seconds lengthened, Ralph looking straight into the savage's eyes. Don't scream. You'll get back. Now he's seen you. He's making sure. A stick sharpened. Ralph screamed. A scream of fright and anger and desperation. His legs straightened. The screams became continuous and foaming. He shot forward, burst the thicket, was in the open, screaming, snarling, bloody. He swung the stake and the savage tumbled over. But there were others coming towards him, crying out. He swerved as a spear flew past and then was silent, running. All the while, the lights flickered ahead of him, merged together. The roar of the forest rose to thunder, and a tall bush directly in his pass burst into a great fan-shaped flame. He swung to the right, running desperately fast, with the heart beating on his left side and the fire racing forward like a ride. The ululation rose behind him, spread along a series of short, sharp cries, the signaling call. A brown figure showed up at his right and fell away. They were all running, all crying out madly. He could hear them crashing in the undergrowth, and on the left was the hot, bright thunder of the fire. He forgot his wounds, his hunger, his thirst, and became fear, hopeless fear on flying feet, <clears throat> rushing through the forest towards the open ocean. Spots jumped before his eyes, turned into red circles that expanded quickly till they passed right out of sight. Below him, someone's legs were getting tired and the desperate ululation advanced like a jagged fringe of menace and was almost overhead. He stumbled over a root. The cry that pursued him rose even higher. He saw a shelter burst into flames and a fire flapped at his right shoulder and there was the glitter of water. And then he was down, rolling over and over in the warm sand, crouching with arm to ward off, trying to cry for mercy. He staggered to his feet, tensed for more terrors, and looked up at a huge peaked cap. It was a white-topped cap, and above the green shade of the peak was a crown, an anchor, and gold foliage. He saw white drill upalettes, a revolver, a row of gilt buttons down the front of a uniform. 
a naval officer, stood on the sand, looking down at Ralph in a wary astonishment. On the beach behind him was a cutter, her bows hauled up and held by two ratings. In the stern sheets, another rating held a submachine gun. The ululation falled away and died again. The officer looked at Ralph doubtfully for a moment and then took his hand away from the butt of the revolver. Hello. Squirming a little, conscious of his filthy appearance, Ralph answered shyly. Hello? The officer nodded as if a question had been answered. Are there any adults, any, any grown-ups with you? Dumbly, Ralph shook his head. He turned a half-pace on the sand, a semicircle of little boys, their bodies streaked with colored clay, sharp sticks in their hands, were standing at the beach, making no noise at all. Fun and games, said the officer. The fire reached the coconut palms by the beach and swallowed them noisily. A flame, seemingly detached, swung like an acrobat and licked up the palm heads on the platform. The sky was black. The officer grinned cheerfully at Ralph. We saw your smoke. What have you been doing? Having a war or something? Ralph nodded. The officer inspected the little scarecrow in front of him. The kid needed a bath, a haircut a nose wipe, and a good deal of ointment. Nobody killed, I hope. Any dead bodies? Uh, only two, and they've gone. The officer leaned down and looked closely at Ralph. Two? Killed? Ralph nodded again. Behind him, the whole island was shuddering with flame. The officer knew as a rule when people were telling the truth and he whistled softly. Other boys were appearing now, tiny tots, some of them brown with the distended bellies of small savages. One of them came close to the officer and looked up. I'm, I'm, but there was no more to come. Percival Wemmy's Madison sought in his head for an incantation that had faded clean away. The officer turned back to Ralph, We'll take you off. How many of you are there? Ralph shook his head. The officer looked past him to the group of painted boys. Who's the boss here? I am, said Ralph loudly. Now the little boy who wore the remains of an extraordinary black cap on his red hair and who carried the remains of a pair of spectacles at his waist started forward and then changed his mind and stood still. We saw your smoke, and you don't know how many of you there are? No, sir. I should have thought, said the officer, as he visualized the search before him, I, I should have thought that a pack of British boys, you're all British, aren't you, would have been able to put up a better show than that, I mean. Well, it was like that at first, said Ralph. Before things, he stopped. We were together then. The officer nodded helpfully. I know. Jolly good show, like the Coral Island. 
Ralph looked at him dumbly. For a moment, he'd a fleeting picture of the strange glamour that had once invested the beaches, but the island was scorched up like deadwood. Simon was dead, and Jack had... The tears began to flow, and sobs shook him. He gave himself up to them now for the first time on the island. Great shuddering spasms of grief that seemed to wretch his whole body. His voice rose under the black smoke before the burning wreckage of the island and infected by that emotion. The other boys began to shake and sob too. And in the middle of them, with filthy body, matted hair, and unwiped nose, Ralph wept for the end of innocence, the darkness of man's heart, and the fall through the air of the truth wise friend called Piggy. The officer, surrounded by these noises, was moved and a little embarrassed. He turned away to give them time to pull themselves together and waited, allowing his eyes to rest on the trim cruiser in the distance. And that's it. That is the end of William Golding's Lord of the Flies. Man, what a book. All right, as promised, coming up at the end of Monday's show, we will begin Treasure Island. That's going to be a hoot. Can't wait. Arr, matey. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for popping by. Please, if you wouldn't mind, get yourself a free Rumble account. It's easy to do. doesn't cost a dime. We don't spam your inbox. And hit that follow button, as so many of you have. Really appreciate it. Check out our great sponsors, Blackout Coffee, NordVPN, Brickhouse Nutrition, Skillshare, all great folks who give you some fantastic deals if you use those links there in our show notes. Enjoy your weekend. Spend it with people you care about. And I will see you all on Monday. Thanks. Thanks.